0: All right, here we go. Sarah here. Welcome back to another episode of Your Fucking Welcome. Today is Monday. As I'm recording this and tomorrow Tuesday when you will probably be listening to this or at least when the episode comes out, I am going to be in the process of launching and creating and sharing with you a couple new options to work with me one-on-one, things that I haven't offered previously or I'm kind of shifting the way that I'm framing the offers, and so again those will drop on Tuesday, but as I was thinking about telling you that, and I was I was thinking about sharing that with you, I was literally just in the shower like a half hour ago. It occurred to me just how important it is to a speak to why I'm personally so excited about one-on-one work right now, but not because of why I'm excited about it. I, I know you don't give a shit about why I'm excited about it, but more importantly, the second part of it is. I feel like there are so many people in the coaching industry that have like one-on-one PTSD. They have had situations where they have either taken on too many clients, they've taken on the wrong clients, they've overgiven to clients that they feel like they never want to do one-on-one work again. I've had so many clients tell me that and I've said it myself for so long and as many of you know, especially if you've been listening to me, Over the past couple of years, my business has been such a group-based model, right? It's been a situation where most of our money has come in through group programs or courses, things like that. And, you know, to go back, just to kind of remind you of the backstory here, I was coaching from 2015 to late 2016, early 2017. I'm really just working mostly with one-on-one clients. And in late 2016, I went through a really difficult personal time. I went through a breakup and, you know, we flash forward to the beginning of 2017 and I didn't feel emotionally, energetically equipped to take care of myself, let alone take on clients on a really heavy level, right? To be checking in with them, to feel, to, to feel responsible for them, which I shouldn't feel that way. And I'll talk about that in a moment, but I just didn't feel like I had again, like the bandwidth to take on clients on such a close level And so again, I knew at that point in my life, in my business, that wanting to make money, needing to make money, I had to kind of operate and structure my business in this way where I was serving the masses and I had everybody, you know, there were lots of people who would buy from me and be influenced and impacted and would learn from my work, but everybody was very much at an arm's length or or many arm's length away from me because that's all I could do at that moment in time. And so I want to bring this up for a really important reason. And again, this episode feels like a really important one if you are a coach, because I know that this is a thing that happens so often, but I feel like it's not spoken about nearly as much as it should be. Or I understand why it's not because nobody wants to run around in their marketing talking about how they hate one-on-one clients. But I know the conversation happens behind the scenes quite frequently. And my point is, is that one of the most important things that I want you to embrace, and I did an episode on this like in a similar sense but when it comes to confidence, right? Because I think so often we try to force ourselves to be confident or we try to force ourselves to love something like one-on-one coaching. We think there's something wrong with us if we can't do it. Instead of understanding that there's always a workaround, And so again, I say that because I've had many coaches, some right, some wrong, but many coaches try to convince me that like, no, you really do want to do one-on-one coaching. No, like let's get to the root of this block. Let's figure this out. And again, some of them were right. Some of them I think weren't right in the sense that like at that moment of my life, it wasn't a situation where like, It was, it was, it wasn't a moment to address that problem. It wasn't a moment to sit there and say, like, let's figure out why you don't love one-on-one coaching. It was just a moment where I was like, I'm not equipped for this right now. Let me find another way. Right. And I say that to you because I want to remind you always that there's always another way. There's always another way to get what you want, right? If you want to make X amount of dollars, it doesn't have to be through a certain forum or it doesn't have to be through a certain way of making that money and method. Right. And so again, I want to remind you of that, that you can always kind of choose a workaround, a hack to get it, get what it is, like the result that it is that you actually want. And that's exactly what I did. And it has served me really, really, really well. However, years later, I feel more called than ever to work and work deeply and work closely with higher level women that are, that have been in business that are making good money. And I want to go deeper with them. While I have loved doing things like group programs and courses, all of that, I know that, that, that we can accomplish so much more working together closely and, just the information, while the information can be great, nothing compares to actually being able to do those deep dives and holding space for that person. And not only do, is it a situation where like, I just feel so much more equipped and capable to do that. But I also feel as though experiencing like deep coaching myself for like over the past year and a half, especially it's been such a transformative experience for me that it has given me a different look at coaching and what it can be and like what is possible there. And so I wanted to bring these points to you right now, because again, I know that a lot of you are in a situation where you could be making more money. You want to be making more money or you like are the opposite, not the opposite, but like you are good with the money that you're making and you're just swearing off one-on-one clients because of what it has done for you energetically. There's been drama, there's been chaos, whatever. And I just wanted to do my best to present to you a lot of this in a different light. And if that means, like I don't, I always say this to anybody who says it to me that they don't want to do one-on-one. I was like, I don't want to be one more coach that is telling you you have to do one-on-one or there's something wrong with you if you don't want to do one-on-one because I've experienced that, but it's very rarely about what it's about, right? There's always something going on underneath the surface. So let me at least present you these options and these thoughts and these shifts. Let's reframe this, at least try to reframe this and see if we can look at this differently. And if you still don't want to do one-on-one don't, but I also want to present you with this information so that you are making a good decision versus a decision from a place of fear. Right. And so a couple of reasons, right. why you might have struggled or you might have hated one-on-one coaching in the past, again, I felt, like a really big topic to dive into. And so the first thing, and these, these first two points might sound a little bit on the basic side, but roll with me here because again, I know this goes deep. The first thing is that you are taking on the wrong people or you are taking on too many people. We all know what it feels like to be on a sales call or to have a sales conversation. And this person is basically ready, able, willing to pay you. And we can pick up on a red flag here or there, or we can pick up on the fact that we're not loving the conversation, but for the sake of the sale, but for the sake of the money, we go ahead and say yes. And you know, I don't, I don't even, I mean, of course there are instances where that's wrong, right? But I feel like, I don't know, from experience, I feel like there have been people that I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be a good fit with, but I've never worked with anybody that was like, oh, I definitely can't help this person and I'm just going to take their money, right? It was more of a situation where I'm like, okay, their energy is a little bit different or, you know, they're a little bit more serious than I'd like for them to be, things like that. But it's never been a situation where, again, I went into it like willingly like knowing that i wasn't going to help somebody right and so i say that because my hope is that you are operating with integrity and if you think that there is somebody who is not a good fit like you can't you genuinely don't feel as though they are going to be served by working with you of course i hope that you say no but i'm more so in this in this example i'm more so talking about again like the personality clashes the person who is clearly already like super needy or the person who's seriously going to be like again like too serious things like that not that there's anything wrong with that but i definitely want to work with people who have a sense of humor things like that or the other part is working with too many people right what i want for you and what i want to encourage you to do when it comes to your coaching your business all of it is that i want you to create a situation for yourself where a you know how much money you want to make on a you know monthly yearly whatever basis You know what goals you're striving towards. You know exactly like what you're going to sell, what you're going to do to make the money that you want to make. And the one-on-one spots, right? Working with you one-on-one, those are slots that are held for people that A, are soulmate clients right? That you feel you have a conversation with and you are energized by them. You feel as though you want to actually hang out with this person. You enjoy this person over the phone or over Zoom, whatever, right? And you are charging enough that it feels completely worth it to you The goal is for you to have a business that is probably, this is my opinion anyway, not everyone's going to agree with this and that's fine. What I want for myself is to be in a situation where I am making good enough money through things like group programs, right? Or whatever else And money is coming in and money is coming in that I'm not fully attached to, meaning I could be in a coma and people could still be served, right? And it wouldn't make a difference. I can actually still be making money without me having to work for every like penny for every minute of it. I want money coming in that way. And then I have spots reserved for one-on-one clients where A, there are people who appreciate me, respect me. And again, I appreciate and respect them right back. And it's a joy to work with them. And I'm being compensated enough that it feels completely worth it to me that it's kind of like icing on the cake, right? It's like, I don't need a one-on-one client. I take on a one-on-one client if it feels worth it to me, right? And so I bring this up because I know that so many people are, again, saying yes to the wrong people. And I wanna just remind you, and I know this is easier said than done, but you taking on a five, $15,000 client that drains your energy It's never going to be worth what they pay you because of the time and energy that you will lose trying to accommodate the person who is draining your energy. Right. And again, like that's that's not even to make people wrong. Like, I feel like that can be like a mean thing to say, but again, not all personalities are going to clash. Not all ways of working are going to like, like actually mesh well together. Right. And so I want you to make sure that you're in a situation where you're only taking on those people that again, you mesh well with. Otherwise that $15,000, it ultimately was not worth it to you. And you could have Made quadruple that by again protecting your energy. And I want you to embrace that, right? And as similarly, I want to make sure that you're being compensated enough. That you don't feel like you have to take on 15 clients right in order to make the money that you want to make I want you to create packages create offers structure the things that you sell And put them at a price point that again You feel adequately compensated for the time and energy that you're putting into that client And it feels like an even exchange versus one of you or like one of you You feel like the person's paying too much or you feel like they're taking too much from you Okay, and I'm gonna talk more about that in a moment The second thing, and again, this feels like a really basic one, but it felt too important to not mention boundaries. Now I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I've been a drill sergeant when it comes to boundaries, uh, in a lot of cases in my business and and life. And I don't know that I'm sorry for it. And actually I'll I'll go into that even deeper uh, on the fourth point that I want to bring up to you. But the bottom line is that when you are selling something, right, when you are selling an offer, no matter what it is, but if we're selling one-on-one coaching, I, especially as a type six Enneagram, right? I'm somebody who is always kind of like seeing the danger that might come. And so I'm always very upfront with like, this is how it's gonna work, this is how much you can expect to hear from me. I'm not going to answer. I will not open my boxer on Saturdays and Sundays. I will not open it. Like I only answer people on Mondays through Fridays. That's very important to me. And it feels Oh, more than okay for me to uphold those boundaries because of the fact that I let people know that from the beginning, right? It's not as though I'm saying, Hey, I'm going to answer you seven days a week. And then we start working together. They pay me. And then I'm like, Oh, just kidding. Five, you know, every bit of information before you get started with me. And so I bring that up because I feel like so many people, people have said things to me like, well, I don't know how much to charge for the one-on-one coaching, because what if it's that client who, you know, voxers me and wants 10 responses a day? And I'm like, I don't give a shit if they want 10 responses a day because you let them know how often you're going to respond to them, right? And there's nothing wrong with, I was not say there's nothing wrong with being needy, but that sounded a little bit obnoxious. But what I mean is there's nothing wrong when there is somebody who wants a lot of attention or there is somebody who wants to speak to their coach nonstop all day long. I'm not, I'm not like intending to criticize that, but I am saying that that's not the right fit for me. I know that about myself, that I'm not somebody who's going to be, you know, at somebody's beck and call 24 hours a day. I know that about myself. And so I make that clear before we get into the sales process, right? Before somebody actually pays me so they can know what to understand, they can know what to expect and they understand how how I actually work with people. And the second part of that is that I uphold the boundaries, right? This sounds like an obvious thing, but I feel like I see so many people say things like, well, I don't answer on weekends but then you answer on weekends. If you are not upholding your own boundaries, you can't expect other people to uphold them either. And so ultimately what I wanna remind you here of is that it is your job, it is your right essentially to be in a position where you are saying, I have five spots for one-on-one coaching. We have two calls per month. We have Monday through Friday Voxer access. You can expect for me to answer Voxer twice per day. Please keep your messages under three minutes. I can't stand long ass Voxer messages. It feels so unnecessary to me. I always say under three minutes, right? So again, you can say something like that. And again, that person has all the information up front. And if they say, well, no, I want to send 20 minute Voxers. Okay, fine. That's cool. But then right there in black and white, I'm not the right fit for you. And you see that straight away. And I hope you're hearing here how you can structure it however you want to, but you always have the possibility. There's the, the potential is always there for you to create the working experience that you actually want it to be versus acting as though you are like resigning yourself essentially to how the client wants things to go right now don't get me wrong especially my clients who I've worked with like for a while now you know somebody who abnormally like it needs me right like meaning like they have an emergency they're freaking out about something and it's not their way to do that absolutely I will squeeze an extra voxer I will you know okay like let me know what's going on tomorrow I'll check in with you tomorrow I will do those extra things of course for that person who I have a good relationship with when it's again when it's abnormal versus like their normal way of being but For the most part, again, it feels like it's really my job to protect my energy in that way, that this is the way that I work. And again, like I said, everything is up front in your face. There are no surprises. And the right people say yes, the wrong people don't. And then we uphold those boundaries so that it's actually an experience that works for you. Because again, I see so many people like offer things like notes for, you know, notes after the session or things like that, action steps, a recap, whatever. And then again, like they're, you know, they didn't answer them right away on Vox, so they're getting texts or they're getting phone calls. Like I can't imagine, I can't even imagine somebody like actually going out of their way to contact me on a different platform. Like I can't even imagine that happening, but I hear that happening from so many people. And so I want you to just hear here here, here, that like you can't operate a- acting as though like the client is in charge, right? You're in charge. I think when we are operating to get the sale, it can be very easy to kind of feel like we have to, you know, twist ourselves into a pretzel to give a client whatever it is that they want. And again, I hope it's clear here what I'm saying that I am not in a million years suggesting that you are not good to your clients. But I am suggesting that you only give based on how you want to give versus being pushed beyond what you told them you were going to offer them and then feeling resentful. One of my biggest rules over the past like year and a half, especially as I've done a lot of just like inner child healing and all that kind of stuff and, you know, reflections on my childhood is that I will only give if I want to give. I will not give from a place of fear I will not give from a place of, you know, let me do this for you and then let me hold it over your head. I won't do that. And so I want you to pay attention here to your boundaries when it comes to your clients because you giving because you feel like you have to versus you giving something extra because you actually desire to support them in that way, they're two very different things and you not feeling resentful towards your clients is really, really, really important for you both and you deserve to uphold your boundaries so that you don't put yourself in a position where again, you get to a place of resentment and that's for you, but that's also for them because it doesn't do them any good when you're in a place of resentment, okay? The third thing is that, I see a lot of people struggle with coaching, especially one-on-one clients, because they believe that it is their job to rescue their clients. They believe it is their job to swoop in and change everything for that person, make everything better, put a bandaid on everything, wave a magic wand. And I hope it goes without saying that I believe deeply in offering the very best quality of work to the people who pay us, right? Of course. But that has to be balanced out, especially if I'm talking to a business, if you're a business coach, like the business coaches of the world, this is especially important. If I'm working with entrepreneurs, they have to be empowered human beings, They have to be people that can find their own answers. They don't have to be empowered. They are empowered, right? I don't have to motivate them. I don't have to hold them accountable. They do that for themselves. And of course, there's a balance there, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe you fall off here and there, but they're for the most part, self-starters, right? And so a coach, as a coach, it's not your job to, again, swoop in and get the results for clients. It's your job to hold space. It's your job to support. It's your job to help and give ideas and strategies and guidance where that person might need it. But it's not your job to get results for anybody. And I want you to really, really, really embrace that you listening to this right now, I am more than willing to bet that nobody got your results for you. I have worked with incredible like life-changing mentors since I started my business. And many of them have changed my life in wonderful, beautiful ways. But I am the one who did all the work. Between sessions, it's not a situation where, everything's perfect, right? I have moments where I freak out and I have to figure out something myself and you know maybe somebody didn't answer me right away and so I'm I'm sitting there kind of like noodling on the problem on my own for a little while. A, a coach is not supposed to again rescue you from all of life's struggles. They're there to guide you and support you and make things a little bit better. But it's not to, again, swoop in with a magic wand and solve everything. And so I want you to stop putting that pressure on yourself, feeling as though you have to, again, rescue those people just because they're paying you. It should be an even exchange. I think so often people confuse this where they feel as though, okay, somebody paid me and so now I'm just incredibly indebted to them and anything they say goes and I have to run around and do whatever they want and I have to make sure they get everything their way. No. Like when I work with somebody, again, the name of this podcast, you're fucking welcome. When I work with somebody, I'm incredibly grateful for them paying me. I'm incredibly grateful for them trusting me with their words and their heart and their business, all of it. I I really, truly appreciate that so, so, so much, but it's not a situation where I'm incredibly indebted to them. It feels like an even exchange. The price tag that I'm putting on it feels like an adequate price tag for like compensating me for sharing my expertise. And again, like holding space for that person. And it's not a situation where one of us has made out way more than the other one. Right. And so I want you to stop acting as though, just because somebody pays you, they're the boss. Cause they're not, your job is to lead. Your job is to be the leader in that coach and client situation. And I want to make sure that you're embracing that and remembering that. And again, just like this, the last point, not only for your like sanity, right? And your energy, but also because you are going to do so much better of a job for that person. You're going to do such a better job leading that client when you embrace that versus again, feeling stressed out that you have to get results for this person all the time. And that's weighing on you and you've kind of abandoned yourself here and you're not pushing and guiding them to step up essentially and, and work towards the results that they need to work towards because it's always somebody's job to get the results themselves. The final thing, the fourth thing that I want to share with you, and this is a little bit more personal, and it won't resonate with each of you, but I think that if it resonates with you, you'll really get what I'm saying here. And without going deeply into it, I feel like over the past year and a half, one of the biggest things that I have realized about myself is that I have a hard time asking for things. It's interesting because I feel very supported by like the people that I pay, for example. But if it comes to like asking for a favor from like a friend or things like that, I really, really, really struggle with it. And I always feel like I'm in this position where I'm responsible or I kind of have to take charge with certain things. And so I don't know where the story exactly came from, where, well, actually kind of do, but Let's just say childhood for for the sake of uh, being polite. I feel like in childhood, I felt there were many times I think I felt like a burden, like for asking for something. And so I think for that reason, I have always kind of taken on a lot. And because of taking on a lot, it has very often felt like anybody who needs support from me, they're taking from me. Getting a Voxer message from a client, it has felt like taking from me. They're asking something of me. They're taking away my time. They're taking away my energy. And I know that that sounds really shitty and it it was never a situation where I like actually consciously felt that way or heard myself talking to myself that way. Like I really didn't get that I felt that way, but even though I'd have clients who were obviously paying me this energetic thing happened where I would again, feel like somebody was taking from me by asking a question or asking for support, which I'll say it again. I know that that sounds silly in a situation where we're being compensated for our time and our energy, but it still felt that way to me. And again, without me realizing it because of past stuff, because of childhood things. And I think something beautiful has changed for me over the past year and a half, more, most recently, like it has kind of like progressed. Right. But in the sense that I'm feel more equipped and more able to, and more of a desire to hold space for somebody. And it doesn't feel as though I'm in charge, right. To go back to like the last point, it doesn't feel like I'm in a place of like, I've got to rescue this person and all the weight is on me and I'm a burden because they paid me. It's simply a situation where, again, it's this even exchange of energy. It's this even even exchange where somebody is paying me for what I deserve to be paid for that time and energy. And I can be present in the moment and present with actually desiring to support them more than ever before versus feeling as though it's like FOMO, like, oh, I could be doing this or I should be marketing that. And instead, like we're always just like rushing off to that next thing. And we're not understanding that like our job is to be present, like I said, in that moment versus feeling as though this is taking something from me in this moment and it's taking away from something else and now I've got to get to that thing, right? The goal is for you to be, I'll use the word again, present in that moment and being with your client, holding space for that, per- for that person, being in a situation where, again, that client actually energizes you, you're actually in it with them, you want to talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about, you want to dive deeper into their transformation and you walk away from the session, again, energize versus feeling depleted. And so, like I said, I feel like that won't resonate with all of you, but if it resonates with you, I think it will, it will deeply. So. And so I want you to examine here, like the ways in which you might feel like maybe again, you've been taken from in the past or you have a hard time taking from other people. So it's kind of like, become the situation where again, you feel, I, I told you guys this the first time or a couple times ago when I went to, uh, Miraval, I did this like Reiki session and she was like, it feels like you're in the middle of a hungry, hungry hippos game. And like, people are like like trying to chomp at you. And I'm like, that's how I feel. Like, that's how I feel most of the time. And again, like consciously, I know that that's not actually what's going on, especially now, but again, from this place of always feeling in charge of a lot of things and not feeling equally supported in a lot of different relationships in my life. It has just sometimes like been this again, track in the background that I didn't realize was there. And again, I know that many of you have that as well. You feel like you're the giver. You feel like you're the one who goes above and beyond and maybe you don't feel the same way. Like you don't experience the same thing from the other people in your life. And so I want to just remind you here that if that is something that resonates with you, Especially in your business, especially in the one on one coaching situation, that certainly doesn't have to be the case. And you can change the dynamic here, where again, you feel massively present, you feel massively energized by the person that you're working with. It is a joy to speak to them on zoom. It is a call you are looking forward to not only because you enjoy the person and the transformation that they're in the process of accomplishing, but also because you feel adequately compensated for your time and energy being there. And it's a positive thing all around. And to go back to the first point, you don't take it on unless you feel that way. You don't take it on unless you feel that way. And again, I think that is something that is something that can be accomplished by any of you, all of you with some conscious decisions. And again, I feel like so often we're kind of just like on the hamster wheel and we're not making intentional decisions. We're kind of just resigning ourselves to what we think we have to do or like we think that one-on-one has to suck or whatever it is. And like, I just really want to remind you and share with you, right, thus this episode, That my experience has been similar in many cases, and I feel I feel like I really see it from a totally different angle now. And truly, I'm not saying this to sell you. I'm saying this because this is the truth. That like I'm so lit up and so excited to work with people one on one in this new season of my life and business. And that's why I'm doing it because I don't have to do it. Right? Like I, I could I could sell other things. I don't have to do it. I'm doing it because I desire to. And so. If you desire to now, great. If you don't, like I said earlier, find a workaround. But again, the ultimate point here is that nothing in your business has to look the way you think it had to look. Nothing has to feel shitty. If it has felt shitty before, you can change any dynamic. And a lot of that starts with changing the way that you're looking at it and feeling about it. And then again, operating, taking action so that it aligns with how you want to feel. All right. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.